This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. This is David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. to the future welcome to the program we're going to do something a little different today terror strikes the united states once again a major a major terror attack in orlando florida at the pulse nightclub and i appeared on several tv shows this week varney and company fox business news and charles Payne making money to discuss this and i again brought up that we aren't structured correctly in domestic intelligence in the United States to prevent a catastrophic attack like we saw in Orlando, like we saw in San Bernardino and the Boston bombing and in Fort Hood. And so what I'm going to do is play you two clips from interviews this past week. And then in the following segment, in the following two segments, I'm going to go back to a podcast from November of 2015 after the Paris attacks. And I'm going to play those. And as you listen to those, what I want you to do is just remind yourself of Orlando and what I said this week and compare it and see the parallels to what I said back in November about this. Let's take a listen. I want to do, yes. I've got a little bit more on that now mm-hmm. because clearly some red flags had been raised but were missed. The gunman Mateen, he was on a terror watch list, twice investigated by the FBI, yet he was still able to buy those guns days or the week before the attack. With us now is Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, obviously a man involved in law enforcement. Did law enforcement drop the ball, Sheriff? Big time. And, and, you know, they shouldn't be um, bashful about admitting it. Look, this is not a perfect world. But we're making the same same mistakes, Stuart, as we did uh, pre-9-11 with the planning of the uh, uh, 9-11 attacks. Remember the Phoenix memo where they were alerted to guys uh, taking flight lessons and uh, the administrators of the FBI told them to leave it alone to uh, to, to go away. We did. We, we dropped the ball. When I say we law enforcement, federal law enforcement, after the Boston bombing, those guys were on the radar screen. You go to Fort Hood with Nadal Hassan, same thing. He was on their radar screen. I'm getting tired of hearing how these guys are on the radar screen after they pull an attack. The problem is, the big problem, is we don't have a clear and coherent domestic intelligence strategy with the right agency involved here in the United States to prevent, preempt, and to uh, otherwise disrupt 
terror attacks before they happen. You have to stay on the front end of this to be more successful. It's always after the attacks, the FBI comes out, and I'm not being hypercritical of them, but the fact is that they're the lead domestic intelligence agents in the United States. I think they're the wrong one, uh, but they come out with all of this information after the fact. The this, sure. this guy was, was ruled inconclusive in their determination. I mean, this is insane. Sheriff, they, uh, they're down 6,000 agents in the FBI. The, the budget cuts have taken 6,000 agents off the streets out of the FBI. Do they have the manpower to cover 24-7, literally hundreds of suspects? Well, you know, I'm not going to blame budget cuts on this. That may be a, a situation that has to be dealt with, but I haven't heard that before, uh, not from anybody from up in the higher-ups in the FBI. Look, if they're incapable of handling this, they should say something to Congress. But, you know, to do good intelligence, like MI5 in the U.K., like Mossad over in Israel, it's not really all about manpower. It's using all these systems. But see, they're, they're, what, they, what the FBI, where they fall short, and I said fall short, is they're always looking for probable cause to make an arrest to prosecute. That's it's not intelligence work. Intelligence work focuses on identifying the threats, establishing their capabilities, and determining are they planning an attack, and let some decision maker know ahead of time, in enough time, to make a decision on whether they should preempt that attack. That did not happen here. This guy was a threat. No one would argue that. Did he have the capability? Well, yes, he did. If he owns firearms, he has the capability. Was he having a planning an attack? Well, they didn't learn that until after last Saturday night. So we're falling short, and, and you know, until until we recognize we don't have a clear domestic intelligence strategy in the United States to prevent a pre uh, more of these attacks than not. The same uh, Sheriff, themes uh, keep coming out of every one of these terror attacks, too. Sheriff, uh, hold on for one second, would you? Emac, you've got a development yeah, here. We've, we've got, got FBI agents uh, talking now to Fox Business saying that they were focused on it as Islamic terrorism. But because the FBI uh, basically reports back to the Department of Justice that under the Obama administration, the DOJ, quote, has become very political and very liberal. This is a former FBI agent. They're also saying that it was a, basically uh, their, their use of the word purge of the use of the term Islamic terrorism in mm. their training uh, materials after, you know, about a decade after 9-11. Mm. So, Sheriff Clark, I don't know whether you heard that, but that's Liz uh, McDonald here saying that people within the FBI say that they were prevented and, and purged from using the expression Islamic terror. And that affected their feedback to the Justice Department for whom they work when this kind of investigation is concerned. It seems to me that we're so bound up with political correctness that we can't see head and tails. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And I said, in fairness to the FBI, these agents have their hands tied, that they have to get permission from the Attorney General of the United States to open cases on these guys. And if in a short period of time, because it shouldn't take 10 months uh, to, work, to work a guy, but it, it, you know, if they want to open a case after a, a couple weeks or whatever, if they haven't established probable cause, which is a high standard to make an arrest, then they have to close the case out. That is not their fault, but that's why I said this is the wrong agency uh, to do this, because that is an investigative approach uh, to terror instead of an intelligence-based approach to terror. And that's why I think we need a pure domestic intelligence agency here in the United States under a director of domestic intelligence that we report not to the attorney general, not to the head of the FBI, but to the president of the United States. So I'll give them all this, but that's a little solace right now to the 49 mm -hmm. people.
uh, in Orlando, Florida, the victims in San Bernardino, the victims in Boston, Massachusetts, the victims uh, are service members in Fort Hood. They don't want to hear about all these things that, that, they, that they're not being able to do. I understand that. But when is somebody, and that somebody's going to have to be Congress, that's going to have to revisit this 9-11 Commission recommendation that named the FBI who is clearly a, a criminal uh, investigative agency to head intelligence in the United States. We don't it, do that it, at the national level. We be, let the CIA do that. It yeah. would be just like Britain's MI5, yeah. a domestic anti-terror organization. Sheriff Clark, I'm out exactly. of time, but thank you very much for joining us on an important day. Sheriff, thank you very much indeed. Right now, the FBI had previously investigated uh, Mateen. Mateen declared his allegiance to ISIS during a 911 call from the nightclub. Uh, we know he also made two trips to Saudi Arabia in 2011 and 2012. FBI Director James Comey says Mateen was radicalized on the Internet and had made previous claims about ties to various terrorist groups. He claimed family connections to al-Qaeda. He also said that he was a member of Hezbollah, which is a Shia terrorist organization that is a bitter enemy of the so-called Islamic State, ISIL. He said he hoped that law enforcement would raid his apartment and assault his wife and child so that he could martyr himself. Joining me now, Steve Rogers, Mike Baker, Sheriff Paul Babieu, and Sheriff David Clark. Sheriff Clark, let me start with you. Uh, you expressed a, a tremendous amount of outrage uh, over on Twitter. Uh, and, and it feels, again, that perhaps something is going on with the national uh, FBI uh, and, and the lack of uh, sort of support for local law enforcement efforts. The notion that this person was interviewed on two successive, in two successive years uh, and deemed uh, or given sort of a pass bothers a lot of people, particularly after James Comey's statements today. Epic intelligence failure. Those are all red flags. And I think after 49 Americans are slaughtered in a terrorist incident, I don't think it's unfair to be uh, hypercritical of our um, uh, intelligence agency, domestic intelligence agency here in the United States, the FBI. Look, in fairness to the FBI, they're miscast. They are not an intelligence agency. They are an investigative agency. They went into this thing with a mindset of looking for evidence to establish probable cause to make an arrest and to prosecute. That's not what intelligence work is. Intelligence works on these three things. You want to identify threats. You want to know if they have the capabilities. And then you want to know if they're planning an attack. And then you want to notify somebody well in advance. You want to predict, preempt, and you want to uh, prevent terror attacks. That's not what the FBI is doing through no fault of theirs. And you also cannot tie their hands. They have to be able to do some things that people are not comfortable with. Things like surveilling mosques. Things like informants inside of, of these organizations. And that's not to indict all Muslims. But you can't stick your head in the sand out of political correctness uh, because these things are going to happen. So I think until we get, and I've said this before, Charles, I probably said it on your program, until we get a true intelligence structure, domestic intelligence structure in the United States, and we start prosecuting these things as acts of war and not criminal acts, we're going to continue to see this stuff. I know you can't predict every incident, and James Comey, in, in, in uh, fairness to him, and I admire that guy, but we're not asking him to find a needle in a haystack. We're just asking him to find the haystack, and once they identify the haystack, which is what Omar Mateen was, with that plethora of evidence, then we'll look for the needle. Okay, coming up in the next segment, a repeat of a podcast, two segments, from November of 2015 after the Paris attack. I want you to listen to the parallels and why we still don't get this 
And then when we're done with that, I'm going to spend some time talking again about what we need to do and what we need to do now. The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. Find more on demand at theblaze.com slash radio. Coming up today on Pat and Stu. I honestly don't know how to stop something like that. Because people will say, well, then if you don't know, we should do gun control. No, I know that's not going to work either. Because, I mean, this proves it. The gun, think about this. They're saying now that terrorists are using guns more because the U.S. has essentially cracked down on explosives. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Sheriff. Folks, the United States government needs to restructure the way we approach domestic intelligence if we are ever going to have a chance at protecting the homeland. Welcome to the program. We're going to spend today most of, of the segment talking about the uh, Paris terrorist attacks, but we're going to talk about it from a different angle how do we lessen the likelihood of, of uh, an organized effort like that from hitting in the United States, keeping in mind that there'll always be a way for the terrorists, ISIS, and others to penetrate our defenses here in the United States. But the goal is to prevent, detect, deter, and disrupt as many operations as you can. That's the goal. But I maintain, and I'll argue today, and I'll walk you through it, why we're not set up structurally to do that. The best weapon in the United States against terrorist attacks is actionable intelligence. That's the best weapon. Law enforcement agencies working together, sharing information, being able to use intelligence in the field, Decision makers, that's what actionable intelligence is. It leads the decision maker to act. But to understand the current structure, we're going to have to go back to how we got here in the first place. As you know, the the attacks of 9-11 led to the investigation of how that happened. Where was the ball dropped? So Congress convenes this 9-11 commission. They come up with a set, of, a set of recommendations. And Congress, in a panic about another attack and feeling a need to do something, instead of doing something meaningful, came up with a set of recommendations to, are you ready? Prevent this from ever happening again. Right? This 9-11 commission was the biggest restructuring of national security since the National Security Act of 1947. And what happened back then? The attack on Pearl Harbor. So out of the National Security Act of 1947 came the National Security Agency. The CIA was created out of that act. And it was designed to be the preeminent intelligence service, the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. 
Now, let me take you briefly through this whole intelligence process. There's five steps used in the intelligence process. You have the collection of information. You have the next step is process exploitation. So you, you, you're sifting through this, this information that's coming. It's just raw information. It's not intelligence until the end. Then you have your analysts, your intelligence analysts that start piecing this thing together to find patterns. That is the, as far as I'm concerned, the most important step in the process, in the intelligence process, is the analytical work done by trained, experienced intelligence analysts, not investigators. And that's one of the things we do here that I'll get, I'll get to in a little bit. The fourth step is the dissemination. All right, they can prepare reports for use by the decision maker. The fifth state, the fifth step, I'm sorry, is the decision maker, the policy maker, could be a president, could be a governor, could be a police chief, could be a sheriff, takes that report and it should tell him or her this. Who specifically are the threats? It should tell you what their capabilities are, and it should tell you, are they planning an attack? Is an attack imminent? That's what a well-done intelligence report should be able to do for the decision maker. And we don't get those. We don't get quality, actionable, actionable intelligence reports. So, out of this 9-11 commission, a decision is made by Congress to put the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, in charge of domestic intelligence. That was a misguided decision, a very misguided decision, and I'm about to tell you why that was a misguided decision. And then I'll tell you what we need to do to better prevent, detect, disrupt, and deter terror attacks on the homeland. But before I get into that, let me give you a brief um, snapshot here of sources to gather and collect information. Not intelligence. Remember, that's the end product. You don't gather intelligence. You share intelligence. That comes at the end. But the government uses these, these security agencies use several sources open sources that could be anything that could be stuff on social media that could be out of newspapers that's called open source information then you have imagery intelligence reconnaissance missions are done photographs are taken and somebody in this analytical process looks at that to make certain determinations then you have signals intelligence you have uh through signals intelligence, geospatial, you use satellites, you can detect troop movements, you can detect uh, military buildups. That's one of the things we miss with the invasion of uh, Russia into Ukraine, by the way. The Russian government was amassing a military operation at the border. That was detectable through satellite, and they just plain missed it. All right, the National Security Agency. That's the national level. Just plain missed it. Didn't see that troop build up. And if they did, let me put it this way. If they did and they warned 
the President of the United States that an attack was imminent, even on a ally nation, because it isn't just for the United States when it comes to national security. You might want to warn an ally nation, hey, an attack's coming your way. So if they did, and the President of the United States did nothing about it to warn Ukraine or to warn Russia or to have a counter-response ready, then shame on the President of the United States. And I don't know that that happened, but that was missed. And then you have your, um, your, your, your mass intelligence, which are really measurements, okay? And what you can uh, detect out of that, these are scientific-type procedures where you can detect weapons testing by enemies. You can tell ahead of time if somebody launched an attack. All right, so those are some of the major sources of information that are used by uh, intelligence agencies. So here's another important thing to remember about intelligence, the intelligence process. These reports are only estimates. Okay, it is, this is not an exact science. That's why I said, you know, someone will always be able to, from time to time, penetrate your defenses and get through. But that should happen rarely. And I'm suggesting we aren't set up to lower the chance of that happening. Not to zero, but pretty close to zero. Because we have to get it right 10 out of 10 times. We can't get it right just 9 out of 10 times. All right, so keep in mind this is not an exact science. And it was never meant to be. Because, you know, sometimes that's just impossible. So this that's kind of the, the structure we have now. Out of the 9-11 Commission... The FBI is named the head agency for domestic intelligence, and I think that was misguided. I don't think that was misguided. That was misguided. And keep in mind that I studied this stuff. We're going to get into uh, how some of this out of the Paris attacks, uh, and that was a threat on the United States, by the way, but how it's going to affect uh, what happens here in the United States going forward. You're listening to David Clark, the People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Bernie Sanders has laid off half of his staff. He can say what he wants. Unless there is a miracle, it is not going to happen for him. Follow the money. Look at the indicators. We're in the general now, regardless of primaries left. It's Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. I know it's crazy, horrible that those are your choices, but for the two main parties, that's it. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. It's important that you have that sort of foundation, and that's just a snapshot, but it's enough for us to move forward because I'm building the case. Remember, I like to connect the dots, stair-step, and get you to where you have an understanding of why I come to the conclusions that I do about things, all right? So I took two years of study at the Naval, United States Naval Academy Postgraduate School, security studies of a master's degree, and I took that and condensed it down to just some basic understanding. That's all you need for the uh, purpose of this um, conversation or discussion that I'm having with you right now, okay? So the FBI gets named by the Congress 
to lead domestic intelligence here in the United States. And as I said when I opened the show, that was misguided. It was a mistake. We need to take a step back, rethink this thing, but here's the problem. We have to do this on the fly because the wolf is at the door. All right, ISIS is here. The wolf is chewing through the door. We don't have time. Although we wasted the last, what, 9-11 happened 14 years ago. We wasted the last decade not trying to or uh, improve this whole approach toward domestic intelligence. So the FBI gets named this uh, to lead the the uh, uh, domestic intelligence here in the United States. Let me give you a little bit about the structure of the FBI. The FBI is a downstream organization. And it was designed to be a downstream organization from the beginning. Now, what does that mean? Like their name implies. They are an investigative agency, not an intelligence agency. The CIA is an intelligence agency, the Central Intelligence Agency. It's not the Central Investigative Agency. It is the Central Intelligence Agency. The CIA works for the president. All right, it's an independent agency, works out of the White House. They report to the White House. You can't take an investigator, which is what FBI agents were and are, and turn them into an intelligence uh, officer overnight. First of all, there's a distinct difference between your collection sources and your analytical sources. So if your FBI agents are out in the field collecting intelligence, they cannot do the analysis on it. First of all, they're not trained, and you can't give them a crash course. And I know what the FBI would say. Well, we've trained, you know, forget it, forget it, okay? doesn't work that way. You need trained analysts, and that's their sole Responsibility. They are now collecting. They're not out. Analysts don't go out and, and start questioning people. They don't question sources. They don't question suspects. And that's what the FBI does as they're going about their intelligence work, right? They get information that so-and-so may be planning an attack, and they send agents over, Then the agents do what they do, and then they start making, you know, trying to connect the dots. You are having two people who have two different mindsets, do two very distinctly different jobs. The FBI, when, when I say they're a downstream organization, you know what they're built for culturally, structurally, and how they're trained? To investigate after something happens. The MI5 intelligence agency in, in the UK, they use this 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 formula is called left of boom and right of boom. Boom meaning the attack. The explosion happened. The terrorist attack occurred. MI5 deals left of boom. What is their sole purpose? To detect, disrupt, deter terrorist attacks before they happen. Boom, it's happened. What is right of boom? That's your response to it. That's your mitigation, right? You send in resources, you do life-saving efforts. You start to collect the evidence now in right of boom, and you start looking for perpetrators. All analysts do are look for patterns that 
here we've identified this person as a potential threat or enemy. Here are their capabilities. If it's some goof sitting in his basement and he doesn't have the capability to put something like this together, he may be spouting stuff on you know his Facebook and visiting jihadi sites. And I'm not saying you ignore that. But you try to determine, does this guy have the capability? And if it's no or it's very low, even if it's very low, you say, is he planning an attack? That's what you want to know. That's what an analyst does. That is left of boom. The FBI stays right of boom. The attack occurs, right? The Boston bombing. Then they come in, they piece it together, they find evidence of the bomb, they find out it's a pressure cooker, they're able to find out that uh, uh, this thing was purchased over here and it was purchased by so-and-so. That's right, boom. the attack already occurred. We want fewer attacks. That's one of the reasons why the FBI is not structurally set up to be an intelligence agency. They're very good right of boom they're not so good left of boom yeah and i know every once in a while i question this uh, approach anyway you know they'll set some guy up who doesn't have the capability see that's that's analytical work you say this guy doesn't have the capability but they see he's visiting visiting some jihadi sites and so they set him up and say hey you want to buy some guns or you want to buy a bomb and then the guy oh yeah 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 and then you know he meets him up uh, meets up with him somewhere and then they they jump out and nab him that's, that's That doesn't help. The guy didn't have the capability. It doesn't mean you turn away. You know, he's if he's exhibiting these things, he's visiting these sites, that in and of itself, it's a red flag. You don't go in and set the guy up. An analyst would keep take that information and start to work it. Look for patterns. Look for new information to come in. The analyst might go back to the collector and say... Hey, you know, why don't you go out and get some of this for me? The analyst needs to direct the collector, the person out in the field collecting this raw information so that they can help find patterns. Maybe this guy's connected to somebody who is, who does have the capability and is planning an attack, which is why I said you don't turn away from the goof in the basement on his computer. You don't set him up to... Uh, buy some bomb making materials when he doesn't even know how to make a bomb just because you have the ingredients doesn't mean you know how to put it together and know how to detonate it so you know if you look at structurally how the FBI uh, agencies are trained it's all in probable cause for an arrest and how to collect evidence to proceed with the prosecution that's right of boom I want my domestic intelligence work and the agency responsible for it to stay left of boom. Who are the enemies? Who are the threats? What are their capabilities? Are they planning an attack? Is is an attack imminent? The FBI is not set up for that. They will tell you they are. They're lying. All right, you can't take an investigator, like I said, and turn them into an intelligence officer overnight. And they've had 10 years to try to get this done. You need time on a subject. You need people, both your collectors and your analysts, who are familiar with the culture, 
know the language, understand the Islamic terrorist threat. In other words, they have to have some working knowledge of the Quran. They don't, the FBI doesn't have anybody with that capability. And if they do, they have very few. If they've, you know, along the way uh, picked up a couple of people who know that, okay, but that's not enough. Next, we're going to go into a little bit more on this, why they're not set up, and then what I think we need to do. David Clark. The People's Sheriff. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. Nobody allow, let alone choreograph, looking bad. So what really happened here? Why really did Obama invite Sanders to the White House? And and and, and didn't Bernie know about this three weeks ago? Yes. And so why did he ask him? Why did Bernie go? Why did they do this? Did anybody get conned? Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network On Demand. David Clark, the People's Sheriff. So there you have it. I said all of that in November of 2015 after the attacks in Paris, France. I said it again after the attacks in San Bernardino. I know what I'm talking about here. The United States has no domestic intelligence agency fully dedicated to internal security Related uh, regarding intelligence, like MI5 in UK, the FBI is primarily a law enforcement agency. They are not an intelligence agency. They're not structured to be. So Director Comey this week said, it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. I'm not asking you to find the needle. I'm just asking you to identify the haystack. Omar Mateen, the suspect in Orlando, was a haystack. The needle was inside there. It was all these red flags. See, intelligence work would have connected the dots. But the FBI was out there looking for this probable cause standard. And in fairness to the agents, and I have to say this, but I shouldn't have to. The agents are just doing what they're told to do. This is the administrator's fault of the FBI. This is the White House's fault. We're putting, putting the handcuffs on these guys from actually going after, within the law, and finding out who are the threats, what are their capabilities, and are they planning an attack, short of having probable cause to make an arrest. Because if they don't in the first uh, 48 hours, they're told to shut down the case. They closed this out as inconclusive. There was nothing inconclusive about Omar Mateen. Now they're talking to his wife. Why didn't they talk to his wife back in 2014 when they started this thing? And his father. That's what intelligence work is. You go out, you get this raw information, and you look for more. You're collecting information. And a true analyst would say, hey, look, uh, I did some uh, analysis on on Omar Mateen. Um, I found his parents are Afghani immigrants. They're still around. Go interview them. Maybe they'll shed some more light on this. And what we found out, too, he's not living with her, but he's married. Go talk to his wife. See, that's what an analyst would do. An analyst, analyst would lead the collector to say, I need this, this, I got some gaps in what you, you, you brought so far. But they were looking for probable cause to make an arrest. When you're doing intelligence work, you're not looking to make an arrest. You're looking to 
prevent, reasonably predict, and preempt terror planning. It doesn't always end in an arrest. But the FBI, with this mindset of, of looking for an arrest, they get information a guy is talking stupid or he you know, is exhibiting these things that might be terror-related. They run out and then right away they, they go and get an undercover uh, uh, informant or an undercover agent to try to sell this guy the capacity to carry it out. Hey, you want to buy some guns? You heard me talk about that. That's not what, that's not intelligence work. And then they make an arrest and then they hold a news conference and they say, we disrupted a terror plot. No, they didn't. They no more disrupted a terror plot than the TSA in terms of preventing airplanes from being hijacked. That process isn't doing that. See, this whole thing is structured wrong. I need Congress. This is where you come in. I need Congress to reconvene on this 9-11 commission 15 years later and realize we got to reevaluate. Because intelligence failure, and this is an intelligence failure. It's a catastrophic one. 49 people dead, 53 shot. Intelligence failure should force people to reevaluate current strategies. We keep making the same mistakes from 9-11 to Orlando. The same thing. Each time afterwards, the FBI says, oh, he was on our radar screen. That guy was on our radar screen. We followed him around and we had people assigned and, and, and the guy got away. Because they were looking for probable cause to make an arrest. You want to stop terror incidents, you don't necessarily have to make an arrest. Oftentimes, once these guys know you're on to them, they're going to stop. But then you find out they're associates because maybe they're connected, like I said, to some organization or some other guy that they're working with. And that would have helped in San Bernardino, and that would have helped in Boston. Find out his associates and go interview them and do backgrounds on them. That's intelligence collection. We don't. The FBI doesn't do that. Like I said, more timely, accurate, preventive intelligence reduces the chance. It doesn't totally eliminate it. It reduces the chance that a large-scale terror attack can be pulled off like Boston, like Fort Hood, like San Bernardino, like Orlando. Now, the FBI has their nose out of joint. They feel they're being picked on. I don't care about the FBI's feelings right now. I care about the 49 victims who are dead and the 53 who had to endure this horror because they dropped the ball. Yes, they dropped the ball. And for anybody out there who thinks I'm being hypercritical about the FBI, too bad. A large-scale terror attack was successfully completed on the United States homeland Yet again, like I said, it's not impossible to do. But we're not structured to be even better than this. And until we understand that, I mean, the terror incidents are still going to happen, but you should not be able to pull off this size of an attack. 
If you get some guy, like in Philadelphia, some coup, uh, radical Islamic terrorist uh, attacked a police officer, that's bad enough. But that's not a large-scale attack. Those like that in Philadelphia are very hard, difficult. But you should not be able to pull off a San Bernardino or an Orlando or a Boston bombing-type attack in the United States if you had good Strategic warning, and you need very good preventive intelligence early on. And I couldn't figure this out. So, you know, here we are again, and we'll go through the same ritual, right? And then we have people out there, well, you know, uh, finger point. I don't care about that crap. Yes, I'm finger pointing. Yes, I am. I'm pointing it right at the FBI. We have to be better than this. And we can, but we're not structured. To not have these guys fall through the cracks. And I hear people, well, how did this guy fall through the cracks? It's very easy to see how he fell through the cracks. Actually, it wasn't a crack. My gosh, our structure has chasms. So we'll we'll do the same thing, the ritual, you know, the vigils, the memorials, and the, you know, all the talking heads and and the politics of it, right? And and then we'll just kind of go away until the next one. Folks, this isn't good enough. You deserve better than this. We deserve better than this as a country. When are we finally going to get it right? We're out of time for today. Follow me during the week on Twitter at Sheriff Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E, and at thepeoplesheriff.com. Have a good week. David Clark, The People's Sheriff, on the Blaze Radio Network.